our first storyteller is going to be Todd Logan. And as we always like to do at Arctic Entries, we like to find really badass outdoorsy people to tell their stories that are way cooler than most of us will ever be. And Todd is absolutely one of those people and he has a story about one of his adventures. So Todd Logan. Well, good evening. So this story uh, happened just a little over four years ago. It's January. It's Monday morning, and um, I have the day off. It's uh, Martin Luther King Day, and tomorrow Barack Obama starts his first term. And I, and many of you, have a serious case of cabin fever. It's 35 degrees outside, but we've just come off of three weeks of continuous below zero weather. My friends in Fairbanks laugh, but to me, below zero is cold. Today, it's 35 degrees, time to get outside and do something. My wife, Mary, she's out there in the audience with you somewhere, uh, had papers to grade. So I called a few friends, the usual suspects. Nobody could go. Fine, I'll go by myself. Anyway, the next question was, well, where to go, what to do? It wasn't real obvious, because it was weird weather conditions. While I'm glad that it warmed up, it had actually warmed up too much. It was 35 degrees, we'd had two days of Chinook winds. My driveway, the local street, was a sheet of ice. The 18 inches of snow in the yard had a hard, crusty, icy surface. A Clutena Lake came to mind. I hadn't been there all winter, and the good thing about a Clutena Lake is there's lots of different things to do. The hard part about a Clutena Lake is that it's hard to know the conditions on any particular day. There's no automated weather station, no webcam. The ranger station is not staffed in the wintertime. And even the trail reports posted on the web, for Clutena Lake at least, are few and far between. I dealt with my lack of information by throwing a bunch of stuff in the car. <laughs> my touring skis, my skate skis, boots for both, poles for both. I had ice skate blades for my skate skis. I put grippers in for my hiking boots, my ice chisel. I even threw in my snowboard and kite just in case. <clears throat> I headed out, and indeed the local roads were treacherous, but the main highways were fine. The Glen was good. And soon I was at a Clutena Lake Road, and fortunately, while it was ice covered, it had been sanded that morning. Eight miles later, I was at Clutena Lake. I pulled into the parking lot, and I was quite surprised. I was the only one there. I pulled down through the empty parking lot and got to the curve between the two lots. That's the per first place you get a view of the lake. And I stopped, I was quite surprised. It appeared I was looking at open water. I sat there and thought for a minute, but that was impossible. We'd had a typical Anchorage winter, pretty much below freezing temperatures since mid-October, uh, mid and certainly the last three weeks would have frozen anything. So as I sat there and stared at the lake, wondering what was going on, it finally occurred to me, I wasn't looking at a flat, calm lake. I was looking at perfectly smooth, shiny ice. So I carefully parked the car, put ice grippers on my boots, and headed down to the lake. And I soon began to admire what I found, eight inches of perfectly smooth, clear ice. It was unbelievable. So just to be safe, I headed about 50 yards offshore, took out my ice chisel, and began chipping away. The ice was cold, hard, and indeed, I broke through about eight inches. I finally got a splash, and the, water, the hole that I chipped immediately filled with cold, clear water. Experts say that an inch of clear ice will support a person. 
and six inches of ice will support a car. Well, I wasn't going driving, I was going ice skating, and eight inches sounded great. So I headed back up the car, got my skate ski boots, my detachable blades, my ski poles. A couple of minutes later, I was flying down the lake. It was the best ever. Somebody had personally Zambonied the entire lake, <laughs> just for me. I was flying down the lake. I was planting my poles, glide, glide, getting into the rhythm, and I started the daydream. I started thinking about the story I was gonna tell, particularly the, those that I'd called that morning and couldn't go. I'd probably skate to the end of the lake, that's eight miles. That's how good the conditions were. Before I knew it, I was off the cabin at Uditna Creek. I looked off and saw the cabin and started thinking about some great times we'd had there with various friends, summer and winter. I wondered if anybody was in the cabin right then and now. I looked to see if I could see smoke coming out of the chimney. I couldn't. It was quite a ways away and there was mist swirling around. And then I remembered the empty parking lot. Now, no one was at the cabin. As I was looking at the cabin thinking those happy thoughts, I had a slight perception of a change in the surface of the ice off to my left. I glanced down, went to plant my ski poles once again, and watched my left ski pole break the surface of open water. Yeah. <laughs> Splash. I floated my hat. I had just skated full speed off wet, shiny ice into an almost invisible open lead. I, sp I splashed the surface, gasped. God, the water was cold. And I had a ride of things going through my head. But what I thought of first and foremost is get out of the water. I saw ice in front of me. I started to do a clumsy dog paddle. My skate ski poles were dangling off my wrist. The blades to my skates were dangling off my feet, feeling pretty heavy at this point. I got to the ice, threw my arms up onto the surface, and partially pulled my body out of the water. The surface of the ice was incredibly slick. A little bit of good news here. Not two months before, my wife had given me a present, a small one, a pair of what are called ice picks or ice claws. Short little plastic handles, each has an inch-long spike. The spikes nest in the end of the opposite handle, and you wear them around your neck on a lanyard. Those were around my neck. So I spread my elbows on the ice, reached up, grabbed the ice picks, and pulled. Nothing happened. They were stuck together. I pulled hard. Still nothing happened. They were really stuck. I mustered every ounce of energy I had and pulled as hard as I could. They popped apart. I reached forward onto the ice, planted the ice picks, pulled hard. Before I knew it, I was lying on my belly on the ice. I felt like a seal. <laughs> I still had a lot of things going through my head, but most importantly, I was wondering, is the ice on safe? It felt pretty solid. I got to my hands and knees. It still felt pretty solid. I stood up and looked around. The great news is I was standing on eight inches of clear, solid ice. The bad news? I was on a chunk of ice, 30 by 40 feet, and it was attached to no other ice. <clears throat> yeah, so. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Uh, feelings of panic started to creep into my head. I worked hard to tamp those down, but I did have reason to be alarmed. I was standing on ice, surrounded by a moat of icy water. I was soaking from head to toe with air temperatures about 35 degrees. I was miles from my car, by myself, and I wouldn't be missed for hours. I thought for a few minutes, might someone else be out here? 
Might someone see me? Might someone come and help me out? No, it wasn't going to happen. So I quickly decided I was going to have to swim again. I, I took out my ski poles, threw them across the open lead, took out my jacket around my waist. It was heavy and wet. I threw it. It fell a foot short. Splash. <laughs> I moved quickly. I didn't want to think about what I had to do. I jumped in lifeguard style, swam slightly less clumsily across the open lead, planted the ice picks and got up onto the ice. I grabbed my poles, time to get the hell out of there. But wait, my jacket. There it was floating in the water. I carefully skated over the edge of the water. It wasn't a foot away, it was three feet, four feet, and slowly drifting away. I can get another jacket, even though it was my favorite. But what were in the pockets? My cell phone, my camera. They were wrecked anyway. Shit. My wallet, my car keys. <clears throat> At this point, I was physically, mentally, and emotionally exhausted. And now I had to decide whether or not I was going to go back in the water again to get my stuff. I stood there for just a minute. I started to feel pretty alone, pretty small, pretty vulnerable. To hell with it. I took off back down the lake, skating the way I'd come, watching carefully on the ice. I felt great relief when I stepped on the lake shore. I got out of my car. I checked to see whether or not that Heideke I taped under the bumper two years before might still be there. It was. It was tough. I got it out. On my way home, I had a lot of time to think about what had transpired. How had something so good gone so bad so quickly? By the time I got home, I was almost warm. I had blasted the heat. I parked the car, walked through the front door, and there was my wife, Mary, sitting in her comfortable chair, grading papers. How was it, she asked. And so I began the first telling of the story by saying, well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> <clears throat>